You're listening to Broke. We bring you stories about what happens at the intersection of poverty and life. I'm Joanne Goldblum. I've spent my career working with people in poverty. I'm joined by my friend Colleen Shaddix, a journalist whose beat is social justice. Today, we're going to talk about the new budget proposals. Yeah, so how do you like them? Oh my God. Mm, Good summary. You know, I guess the problem with it really is, and I don't mean to be like hyperbolic, but I think our president is cruel. It's a cruel budget. It cuts just about every program that helps people in poverty in this country, and it cuts it severely. But it does allow wealthy people to get more money. Yes, it preserves the tax cuts that have disproportionately benefited the richest Americans while cutting SNAP, TANF, Medicaid. So SNAP, let's talk about that. They're talking about cutting it. SNAP, now SNAP is what we used to call food stamps, mm-hmm. right? Um, they're cutting it by nearly 30% over 10 years. And we know it's not adequate now. No, no, not at all, right? Because you always hear about, so for example, our state senator, Chris Murphy, who's wonderful, does the SNAP challenge every year, mm-hmm. right? You know, and he spends a week, um, you know, only using the amount of money that somebody um, who gets SNAP would, would get. And mm-hmm. he, every single time, tells us it's not adequate. Right. Yeah. And, and, of course, we don't need um, we, we know that it's not adequate. No, we know that it's not adequate. That's why we have food banks and food pantries. Um, people don't make it through the month. They're not expected to make it through the month. We've already got new regulations that limit who can get SNAP. It, it's now very difficult for single people right. to get SNAP. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly don't know how you can cut it another 30% without widespread hunger in this country. And and I guess, I mean, more than anything, I just don't understand. So, you know, there's there's the cuts to SNAP. There's there are cuts to to SSDI, um, you know, Social Security Disability Insurance and Supplemental Security Income. That's for people who are disabled, right? Disabled and in deep poverty. Right. And the bar for getting into those programs so is high. incredibly high. There are many people now who need it who mm-hmm. don't have it. No, you know, as a social worker, many, many times I've, I've worked with people to help them get SSDI. It's really hard. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's hard under the, you know, when people really need it, it's really hard. Right. Um, so, so he's talking about cutting that. Um, also cuts in TANF, Temporary Assistance for Needy Families. Yeah, and, and again, talk about blood from a stone. Um, very much like SNAP. Mm-hmm. TANF is woefully underfunded. Only something like 20% of the families in this country who are in poverty are receiving TANF now. And TANF is not, does not provide enough benefits now to get you a two-bedroom market-rate apartment in any state in the country. Right. And I guess what's so 
interesting about this, so if you look at those things, right, so SNAP is an entitlement, right? So there's supposed to be enough money for everybody who needs it to get it. That's correct. How will that work if they cut it? Will they just change the the eligibility? Or? I would think that they would have to change both the eligibility and the benefit level, okay. which are both, you know, both too restrictive now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and with TANF, TANF is not. TANF is a block grant, so they can lower that. Right. We're already turning away families who need it. Right. So let's see. Some of the other um, really fascinating parts of this budget is the idea of eliminating the social service block grant. And, and a lot of people, even people who are not sort of wonky and talk about this all the time, hear about SSBG, mm-hmm. right, as money that supports a variety of services, um, you know, child care programs, day programs for seniors and for people who have disabilities, um, homelessness services, um, and, and more. It's a flexible, it is a block grant also, but it's a flexible way for um, states and localities to support um, services for people who need it the most. And that raises a question about what this budget would impose on states and municipalities. Mm. You're going to make choices mm-hmm. within, you know, within your community. Are you going to have lunch at the senior center every day to right. give people the socialization and nutrition they need? Right. Because there's not federal funding for it anymore. So either your state or local taxes will go up mm-hmm. or, you know, the, the quality of life in your community is really going to be diminished. Right. And and again, you know, a, you, you, I, there's a quote, and I'm probably going to butcher it because I didn't write it down before we started talking. But right, a budget is shows us what is important to us. Right. Right. And there's somebody who said it really beautifully and I'm not, I'm not getting it, but, but it does. And what this budget says is we don't care about children, people who are disabled, people who are homeless, people who are elderly, people who have needs. Yeah, I would say it it goes even farther than that. I would say it says that we don't even care about the middle class. Yeah. This budget says that we care about weapons mm-hmm. and we care about tax cuts for very wealthy people, mm-hmm. but you look at things like infrastructure spending. Right. Um, it says that it devotes a tw- trillion dollars to infrastructure, but really that's already committed money that they're just not cutting. Right. So our roads and bridges are going to be, mm-hmm. um, you know, not what you would expect in a wealthy country for mm-hmm. for safety and for encouraging commerce and all that. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be funding for affordable housing in our communities, right. which right. will both increase homelessness and housing insecurity, but it's also going to mean that there's not enough housing stock to right. kind of keep a healthy, vibrant community going. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be entry-level housing for people. It's... It's a budget that allows government to sort of 
back away from all the things that were its traditional responsibilities. Well, you know, it's funny, just last night, and I, I don't have, I, I can't cite this, so I'm going to say it anyway, there was something that apparently Ben Carson, Secretary of HUD, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, him. big fan. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know you are. Um, saying, and it, it was sort of a riff on something that Reagan had said, which is, you know, if every church takes on one homeless person, we would end homelessness. That's not true. Well, yeah, no, it's not true on so many, but, but he said it. I mean, you're not saying it's not true that he said it, are you? No, no. He, okay. I, uh, gosh, yes, I believe he said it. I just wanted to make it. sure that you, yeah. But that's, the numbers don't add up there. No. I mean, how many, church, I don't know how many homeless people there are, how many churches there are. It's, uh, it's there's, there's a bit of an imbalance is there. there? Yeah, and it also, it says something fundamental about what you think government is for. Right, and also, you know, and this is not the topic of today's podcast, I believe we have a separation of church and state. We do. We do, right? We still do. Well. (laughs) I'm just checking. (laughs) It's still in the Constitution, let me put it that way. Thank you. That's a good clarification. (laughs) Thank you, Colleen. But, I mean, it's interesting. So, okay, so my church has a food pantry. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm actually working to get an asylum seeker housed there. Mm -hmm. But we are so inadequate to address all the problems of our society. Like, yes, it is our duty, right? Mm -hmm. These are Mm -hmm. the things we say we believe in, so we have to act on them. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. But we're not the federal government. Well, also, you know, so our synagogue does, um, you know, helps with resettlement of refugees. You know, but again, it's an entire large group of people who are helping one family. Right. And um, we do something called Abraham's Tent where, you know, there are these 10 homeless guys who in the winter... Um, spend a week at a different house of work, worship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a way to increase um, shelter beds during the cold months. But again, it's 10 men and it is taking up, it's taking, you know, most of the faith community yeah. of the greater New Haven area to do this. Right. And so, yes, we should do this. And as faith communities, we have a responsibility. But yeah, it's not going to take care of it. And it doesn't solve the root problem. Exactly. So, you know, I found out that asylum seekers were, were looking to be housed in churches because there are nonprofits that support them, but because housing costs are so high, right. they just they can't get up rent. Right. So, well, what, who has real estate? Churches have real estate. So can you help us? Fine. I would love to do that. But it doesn't solve the problem that there is not a decent stock of affordable housing. And this budget cuts the very programs that would create that stock. Right. And, and what they're saying in this budget is that we believe in the kindness of strangers as opposed to the responsibility of our government. 
Right. And, and you know, the kindness of strangers only goes so far. Yeah. And not for nothing. It's really, it, yeah, it just, it doesn't, it, it's not, a, it is not, um, I think, as uh, some people might say, it's not a valid response. It is not a response that is commensurate with the problem. Yeah. You know. And it's also, um, it's a very specific response. So I remember when I was working in a soup kitchen, these two kids came in, teenagers, um, and they were looking for a place to spend Mm -hmm. the night. Mm -hmm. All they had in the world was each other. They weren't going to be separated. I couldn't find a shelter that would take a couple. Right. Right. And that's, that is in part because of the religious beliefs of many shelters. Um, and they chose, they chose to go out into the gold. Right. And, and many, many homeless people choose not to stay in our shelter systems. And, and there are reasons, um, you know, and, and it has a lot to do with the fact that, that there isn't adequate housing for people and that we're... Um, you know, asking people to jump through all sorts of hoops to get what they need. And this budget does it even more. And that's the thing, is that we should get better. We shouldn't get worse. Yeah, well, I mean, we're obviously, we're just going to scratch the surface on this budget. But yeah. speaking of getting worse, like it, you know, basically wants to roll back the Affordable Care Act. Yes. Including coverage for pre-existing conditions. Right. It's it's regressive in every way Mm -hmm. there is nothing good about it (laughs) no it's really true and it's weird because you're nothing to love how could you come up with something that's so bad on so many levels but still allows the government to say our economy is better than it's ever been yeah it depends who you are well that's exactly right and if what you're going by is just the stock market yeah you know okay and it's funny, I recently had, I don't know, fight might be strong, words with someone I don't know, and I don't think who's going to want to be my friend now. But, um, you know, where sh- she was talking about, well, I mean, you've got to say the economy's great. I was like, I don't have to say that. No. You know, yes, certain economic factors are strong, absolutely. But only for some, it only helps some people our economy for most of us is not great i know so many people who are underemployed right who are who want to be working Mm full-time and are cobbling together part-time things or who have a lot of experience and are taking jobs that are barely entry level Mm -hmm. so that shows up as a low unemployment rate right but the prosperity that they're enjoying is is pretty slim yeah and, and and it's really it's dangerous and i think you know one thing on this podcast we always do is is give people ideas of how to to respond and i know we often say it's important to call your elected officials but this is and yeah. you know it matters when you call it changes the way your representatives vote Oh, it does. When you call, they ask your zip code. Mm-hmm. Like they want to, they want to record that you are actually a constituent, right? And it has a big influence. You no, know, and I think some of the other things you can do 
is share information on social media. Share information about the budget. And you can find tons of stuff written about it. Um, you know, and tell other people what's happening when you hear about the budget. Ask, if, if you're listening to an elected official talk about the budget, ask hard questions. Yep. You know, don't take people at their word mm-hmm. because you can you can flip things to make them sound better than they are. Yeah. It's a terrible budget. It's an objectively terrible budget. And I think an important thing to talk about, uh, you and I are obsessed with poverty. Mm -hmm. Apparently not everyone in America is. Really? Yeah. Um, Is that why we we only talk to each other? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know anybody under 30 who doesn't have a pre-existing condition. No. And under this budget, it's going to be harder for you to get health care. Right. Absolutely. Talk to your rep about that. I don't know anybody over 30 who doesn't have one either. Oh, did I say under? I meant over. Yes. Old folks like us. Yes. Like us. Yeah. In our 30s. Right. (laughs) We're looking good. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think that that's absolutely right. And, And learn about your insurance. Don't just take it as it is. Learn about it and think about what you get that is as a result of the ACA. Yep. Um, that free colonoscopy, that's the ACA. Yep, absolutely. And and those things really matter. So, you know, Trump can say, I'm not trying to remove pre-existing conditions. I mean, it's not true, but, you know, there are ways to make it seem different than it is. Yeah. But, but if the ACA is rolled back, everything's back on the table. Right. You know, it's funny when um, when I was pregnant with my first child, I um, so you know what? Who likes to admit this? But anyway, I was pregnant when I got married. <gasps> no, I know, shocking. But so um, this was in the early nineties. I couldn't switch on to my husband's health care. Oh, I remember that. Yes, yep. I've had other friends who had that right. problem. Pregnancy is a pre-existing yep. condition. I was like, really? Yep. I mean, I guess it was pre-existing, but to think that you have to, so instead of being able to go on to his health care and getting it at a reduced rate through his employer, Mm -hmm. I had to do COBRA Mm. and pay for my insurance Mm -hmm. um, because I was pregnant. And, and, you know, you think of that as now nobody would, would think about that would think that you might not be able to get insurance for that reason but it's true it is true and that means that people will go without prenatal care mm-hmm. and that contributes to the fact that in some communities we have really a developing world uh infant mortality rate and maternal death rate it's, it's true it's really shocking right and this budget says nah. yeah it's okay what you gonna do yeah this this budget is when comfortable some some. with human suffering. Really comfortable. Yeah. In fact, they seem to thrive on it. It's promoting it. Yeah, it's promoting yeah. human suffering. So, 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 yeah, I think that um, sharing this information with everybody, calling 
any elected official, state and federal, because it does matter what your state officials think. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and also go to your um, food, food pantry, your food bank and ask them, are you seeing an increase? Yeah. Um, You know, talk to the homeless providers in your community. What are you seeing as a result of these budget changes? Um, You ask questions and don't um, don't just accept it. Yeah, because it's not just happening in Washington; it's happening in our towns and cities. Mm-hmm. And and we have to say to Washington, you have to think about how you take care of your towns and cities. You tell them. You tell them. You've been listening to Broke. Thanks for spending time with us. If you'd like to get in touch with us to tell you uh, us your own story please give us an email at AmericanBroke at gmail.com. Thanks, Joanne. Thanks, Colleen.